Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verses 1 through 7. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city. Also, on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no lamp of light or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. And he said to me, These words are trustworthy and true, and the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. The prophet Isaiah declares that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What is your happy place? What is something that brings you deep contentment and joy? For some, maybe it's spending time in the garden, working with the soil. For others, it might be sitting uh, by a fire on a very cold night. For still others, it might be having all day to be with friends and play video games. I know for me, my happy place is spending time with my wife, sharing both goofy and deep conversation while walking around a used bookstore for hours on end. But that's just me. We all have places where we find deep contentment and joy. But even the best of these pale in comparison to the place where we will dwell with God forever. Because not even our greatest idea of paradise comes even close to what true paradise is. Now this may come as a surprise to you, but Advent isn't just about Christmas. Yes, a major part of Advent is celebrating and getting ready to celebrate Jesus' birth in Bethlehem. But during Advent, we also look forward to Jesus' second coming. We look forward to the day that he returns to reign on earth visibly forever. And we spoke of this a little bit last week when we read Isaiah 9-7, which describes that kingdom and his reign. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On a throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And so the book of Revelation unpacks passages like this one to show what God's kingdom will look like. Now, Revelation is a very complicated book, but it's also extremely comforting. It tells us the spiritual meaning behind current events. It goes over past events to remind us from the scriptures of current and future spiritual realities. And ultimately, the book of Revelation reminds us that our faith is not in vain, even in the midst of the worst persecutions. Jesus is coming, and he will vindicate his people for having trusted in him. 
And so following passages in Revelation about repentance and judgments and the resurrection of the dead and the final judgment, Revelation chapters 21 and 22 speak of a new heaven and a new earth that God will bring about. And as followers of Jesus, we will dwell on that new earth in the city, New Jerusalem. You see, when we die, we do go to the Lord in heaven. But heaven is really just a pit stop on the way. Because our final destination is heaven on earth, as the scripture shows us. In fact, at Jesus' return, we who trusted in him will actually be raised from the dead like he was. We read this in 1 Thessalonians 4, 14-17. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. With bodies completely restored, we will all dwell together with God. This is where the events that started at Christmas find their fulfillment. Finally, the people of God will dwell in the place of God, in the presence of God, as Sandra Richter so beautifully states it. And our passage this morning gives us just a glimpse of what that will look like at Jesus' second coming. It will be a kingdom of life. Now, since humanity's first sin, we've pretty much been living in what amounts to a kingdom of death. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't good and wonderful things that happen on earth, but life has a 100% death rate. Uh, plus, apart from Christ, we have no spiritual life and no connection to God, the source of life. And we see how human life is often degraded through violence. We see that in the wars today. We see how we can devalue a person's existence and worth through hurtful words. We even devalue our own lives when we speak or act as if we are worthless. And horrifically even, justifications are made for killing innocent life because, well, it's just war. But the kingdom of God is not like this. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of life and life in abundance. So much so that we read there's a river of life and a tree of life. Verses 1 to 2, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And so from the throne that God and the Lamb, Jesus, are reigning on, comes this pure, crystal clear, unpolluted, undefiled river. And New Testament scholar G.K. Beale says that the living waters impart life because they come from God's presence. 
drawing his people into intimate communion with him. Now on either side of that river is the tree of life, being sustained from the water of the river. And this tree is is fruitful every season. It never goes dormant, it never hibernates, it's always bearing fruit. And this tree, as verse tells us too, will bring healing to people from every nation and language who have trusted in Jesus. And so from the throne of God flows life to God's people forever and ever in this coming kingdom. Now, does, does the tree of life sound familiar to you, though? Because a few months ago, when we were reading Genesis 2 through 3, there was the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. It was in that first paradise with God's original design of his people dwelling with him. If you remember, God provided abundantly there for Adam and Eve with only one restriction. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But all other trees, including the tree of life, we could have eaten from freely. And it didn't work out so well for us because we chose to mistrust God and eat from the forbidden tree. Sin entered the world as we committed treason against a perfect and holy God. And so as a result, then we could not eat from the tree of life. And we could not live forever. So we lost Eden. We lost paradise. We were separated from the one in whose image we are made. And we lost life. But from Genesis to Revelation, we see that God had a plan to bring his lost children home. Because Jesus died and rose again to forgive our sins and to reconcile us to God. Because of what he did, we are given back what we lost. Not because we earned it, but because he earned it for us. Because of God's great love, Jesus shed his own blood to rescue us so that what we lost is now given to us freely. And notice, the passage doesn't just say there's one tree of life. There are multiple. That there's an even greater abundance in this coming kingdom than in the original Garden of Eden where we will live forever and ever with the Lord. Where we who are made in God's image are not estranged. No, in fact, we will be right there with him. War, violence, hatred, pain will be no more. There will be only life, no more death. Revelation 21.4, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. This kingdom will also be a kingdom of blessing. Verse 3 says, no longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. Nothing accursed which means nothing to hinder us from our walk with God anymore. And instead of cursed things, the blessed presence of God and his throne are there. And we worship him. But what's even cooler is verse 4. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. 
Now, God says to Moses in Exodus 33, 20, you cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. But now, the redeemed people of God, who have had their sins removed from them, can gaze upon the face of their creator and redeemer. And the fact that we can do that shows this closeness and intimacy that we will have with God with no more distance whatsoever. And God's name being on our forehead is a mark that we belong to him. We are his. This kingdom will be a kingdom of light. Verse 5 says, And night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. God takes up permanent residence on earth with his people. Darkness in both biblical times and today uh, is used as a metaphor for gloom, for danger. And the absence of darkness in this kingdom means the absence of those things. Nothing to fear anymore. No more danger. And it says there's no need for a sun because the light of that city will be God. This is what we look forward to. This is the only kingdom that will last. It's the only kingdom that's worth anything at all. And this is why we endure as followers of Christ. This is why we keep going. We don't give up here and now because Jesus is with us even now. And this is what awaits his followers. This is our hope in good times and bad. That the world does not end in darkness. It ends in light for all who trust in Christ. And so let us find comfort in that truth. Suffering is not the end. Disease is not the end. Even death itself is not the end. And so if this kingdom is coming, if this glorious city is coming, how should we live? Let's live as those who belong to God and who are citizens of this kingdom, not only in the future, but also today. What kind of kingdom are we seeking this morning? Are we seeking God's kingdom or one of our own making? What is the primary goal of our lives? Is it the king of this kingdom or something lesser? If this is what awaits, there is no higher affection than Jesus. As kingdom citizens, are we living according to God's kingdom values? And Jesus teaches us the values of his kingdom. Loving God with our everything. Loving our neighbor as ourselves. Following Jesus above all else. Telling others the good news of salvation in him so that they may know him. Helping those who are suffering. Enduring even through the worst of times, knowing that he is with us in all things. Are we reflecting God's kingdom values in how we act, live, and speak? And finally, let us find hope in life and in death in Jesus and his coming kingdom. 
because there will be a better day. And that better day is coming. I want to do something a little different as we close. I want you to all close your eyes and I'm going to read the passage again and I want you to visualize it. I want you to think of what it might look like to be there in the presence of God. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. And he said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for saving us. Thank you for the blessing of not only being reconciled with you now, of not only having you involved in every moment and second of our lives, that you have even given us this, this future restoration of Eden to dwell face to face with you. Though we have not earned it, though we don't deserve it, through your incredible love, you have made it possible. Lord, help us to live as citizens of that kingdom now. Help us to show people who you are and what your kingdom looks like, the ways that we live, act, and speak. We thank you for your love and grace. In Jesus' name, amen.